Welcome, welcomen, bienvenue to Down the Line, an episode-by-episode review of the best TV drama series ever made, Secret Army. Hello, I'm Andy, and I'm hoping that Nicholas does come home to us. I've been good, bring gifts to me, happy, joyful, I'll be then. Now St Nick has come again, now St Nick has come again. And I'm AJ, and I'm about to open a bottle of Prosecco. Way, way, good old Saint Nick. So you've got a bottle of Prosecco there. I've got a, a very basic bottle of Sol yes, beer, but hey, very good. And uh, we're no. cracking, cracking it open because we are celebrating. Happy Christmas, Andy. Yes, happy Christmas, AJ. Happy Christmas to all our listeners at home. We hope you are having a lovely holiday season. Yeah. Now, can you hear that tinkling? That tinkling, that that slight tinkling noise. AJ is very festively dressed, um, with with bells. <laughs> with bells. That makes it sound like there's nothing else but bells. It's it's reindeer antlers. Yes, with, sorry, reindeer with antlers bells. with bells on them. They're not just. I feel like it's really important to distinguish. <laughs> not just strategically placed bells. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that kind of podcast. Really not. So that the bells don't jingle all the yes. way through the recording, the bells will mm. now be removed. Not jingling all the way. There we go. So for you guys listening at home, it's been only a little while since you heard AJ interviewing Angela Richards, and a bit before that, the episode growing up. But for us... Yeah. Oh, wow! <laughs> we had a Prosecco moment there. <laughs> I was worried it might spill all over the computer, but it hasn't. We're good. But for us, it's been months since we've podded together, has it not? Is that picking up on the mic? The pouring of the Prosecco? It has been been a really long time. We had a big old recording block, didn't we? And then a big old edit and release period. And now here we are reunited again. I like the sound of a recording block. It makes it sound like, yeah, this was in production block one. Yes, <laughs> We've got yes. production block two to come. Well, that's um, kind of what we ended up doing unintentionally, isn't it? It is, yes. Now, there's a bit of news you would have heard at the end of the last episode, and that is we're going monthly from January. Just yes. because, yeah, it's just logistically, time-wise, it's just yeah. impossible, isn't it, to keep it going faster yeah. than that? I loved it, and I, I had a great time. But I wasn't really doing anything else <laughs> other than working and editing this podcast. So we're going to drop it back a bit yeah, and go from there. But but we think listeners might also benefit from that because we think listeners were also enjoying it but falling a bit behind. Now, so. this is this is what you told me anecdotally, that people haven't actually been able to keep up with the pod. 
Yeah, we've been going, to, we've been racing ahead. We've been so excited. So we're all going to calm down and turn over a new leaf in the new year. <laughs> but we're not going to be that calm during this Christmas special, are we? We've got lots of fun, festive frivolity coming your way. We have some reflections on making the podcast. We've got some Belgian Christmas facts, which you must all be clamouring for. And also we have a quiz. Of course we do. A Christmas quiz. Exciting. I'm I'm more nervous than excited because <laughs> <laughs> listeners need to know that on the episode notes, Andy wrote, you are going down, AJ. So now I'm like, I'm a bit worried about what they've got planned for me. But if I don't make it through this episode, I love you and I'll miss yeah. you. No. <laughs> yeah. So we hope wherever you are, whether you're cooking the Christmas lunch, um, whether you're opening presents, or maybe you're still in bed, which is also fine. Ah. Maybe you're ironing your purple silk dressing gown. <laughs> yes, if you're if you're Mile Brandt. Um, yeah, we wish you a Merry Christmas, but we'd also like to say we know Christmas isn't for everyone and it's not a happy time for everyone. So just to say, if that's you, we're here for you as well. And we hope you enjoy spending some time with us over the next Yes, hour. absolutely. We are sending you love down down the airwaves. Down know. the line. Down the line. Down the line. Oh, <gasps> I can't believe I missed the chance to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, come on. Uh, yes, we are, but uh. Are we booked up on December the 6th? St. Nicholas Day, yes. yeah. Yes, I'm afraid we are. I'm so sorry. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Doesn't anyone stay at home on St. Nicholas Day? Not if they can afford to come here, my darling. Go out for a slap-up meal. You've still got your rations left. They're exactly half what they were last year. Pass me that, Max, would you? That fern thing. It's getting colder. Do you know that? What do you do on Christmas? Do you listen to podcasts, AJ? I do. I um I am the person who is really excited to see which podcasts drop a special Christmas episode. Ah, yeah. So that's why I was really keen to do one for this one. You see, I'm um, the same. I love that as well. It's part of it. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And shall I get all gushy? Shall I get all gushy for a moment? Yeah, go, go, go. You're going to be like, oh no, what are you going to say? Because the year was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> the AJ was fresh out of hospital with a dislocated shoulder. And that was the first time. So it was really, really sore. And I was alone for Christmas because of COVID and all the lockdowns. And I didn't know you as much then as I do now. Yeah. But... I, I stumbled upon your Tenko episode of your A to Z podcast uh -huh. and all of the accompanying interviews. And honestly, it was just, you, you really made like something special for Christmas. Oh. And I, I won't ever forget that. That's like my gushy oh. moment because oh, it was just so something nice. that was joyful, that I loved, that really meant a lot to me in, in just a really shit time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to talk a bit about that. You're, you're preempting something I'm going to say. So apolo ah. apologies at home <laughs> when you're kind of like, oh, my God, these two. But, um, yeah, I have some things to say shortly. Oh, um, gosh. Ooh. Yes. 
But we're always like this, aren't we? Because we were like this at the start of growing up as well. We were like, no, I love podcasting. <laughs> it's sick making is what it is. Stop it. I know, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know then. I had no idea then that I would go on to make a podcast with you now. So Indeed. Yeah. Who knows what the future holds? Exactly. You never know. So, yeah. I think it was your idea that we started with some reflections on making down the line so far, what it's been like, what we've enjoyed, what we've learned, that sort of thing. So I'm going to ask you to kick off by telling me what it's been like to make this podcast. Yeah, it's been amazing. And it's also been fantastically bonkers. <laughs> Tell me more. We got into it and, you know, we were giddy kippers, as we've mentioned in our introductory episodes. And... We had moments where, you know, we got in touch with, say, cast members, not thinking that many people would say yes because they might be busy or whatever. Every Everyone pretty much said yes. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and yeah, we've just had to kind of up our game and really go for it, which has been incredible. We've had an amazing time. I knew I would enjoy it, but I've laughed more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> Love collaborating with you. And I knew it would be hard work at times. Um, and the challenges have been more difficult than I imagined they would be. <laughs> but yeah, and, and not many people in my life knew I was doing this, not because it was a secret, but just not many people my age know about Secret Army. So I didn't really shout it from the rooftops. But then I, as it kind of got bigger and we were doing more with it, I then had to kind of come out to people <laughs> like a Secret <laughs> Army podcaster. <laughs> Coming out all over again, yeah. I know, and then people are like, you didn't mention anything about this. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it has been happening. So, yeah. And then there's just been lots of moments. Um, you know, like, listeners will have heard the interview. Um, I, I prefer to call them recorded conversations because interview sounds too professional for me. And I do a lot of talking back, which I'm sure listeners were thrilled to learn about me <laughs> in the interview. But um, yeah, you know, I never thought I would. And I got the chance to speak with Angela Richards, which was amazing. But just how bonkers is that? You know, I, in the morning of the interview, I'm there like running around being like, what, what do I wear to interview Angela What do I Richards? wear? I was like, I don't know. Should I wear makeup? Like, am I like, oh, I'm so nervous. So, um, yeah, but what what an experience. I'm so lucky. I don't say that to, you know, uh, brag or anything like that, just to say it, it was special and I'm so grateful for it and grateful to, to Angie for giving up her time. And you're also being professional as always because you're keeping under wraps the other people you've spoken to because <gasps> it's not just Angela, but we'll we'll get back to that in the new year. Yeah, but you know, we listeners will have heard the interview with Austin Ruddy already. Yeah, yeah, which again was another incredible, um, incredible time. Yeah. But I think someone else is also keeping something under wraps, aren't they, Andy? What's that? Oh, an interview that I might have done. We're such terrible teases, aren't we? we a recorded to... conversation. Conversation recorded. Yes, yeah. exactly. But more on that in the new year. Oh, I didn't share the the funniest story of this. Yeah. As we've talked about on the podcast, my shoulder surgery failed and my shoulder dislocated a couple of times this year. Yeah. There was a day where I was due to talk to Angela Richards before our like recorded interview, just to have a chat on the phone, check all the questions. Dislocated my shoulder in the shower that morning. Oh, my God. And you know when you're like, I want to be cool, calm and professional, and then you just have to message your <laughs> hero and just go, yeah, I'm going to A&E, can I, can I call you again soon? <laughs> But I imagine Angela would have loved that practical 
thing. Cause she's she's very much a spades a spade. So was she just like, yeah, sure. She was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, okay, hope <laughs> yeah. you're okay. Yeah. Speak soon. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah. When I look back at this year, I'm just like, what's happened to me? So I think for me, it's been good to revisit the series with a new mindset. I had a few reservations about going back to Secret Army because it's such a big part of my life from probably 2004 to 2008 when the book came out because there was the DVDs and there was the book, there was the theatre evening, um, loads of different things. And it was kind of like, yeah, I'm done now. Finished. So I was kind of thinking I didn't want to go back. But then I was aware that there was so much that needed to be said that I hadn't said or explored or thought about. Um, Because I'd thought about doing the podcast before with um, Paul Condon, um, the late, great Paul Condon. Um, But that never got off the ground. So yeah, the idea of going back, I was a bit nervous about. But what's been fascinating is watching it with a new mindset. And that's not like thinking, I must have a new mindset and watch this differently. That's actually being in a different place in my life and therefore seeing things in a different way. Partly because attitudes and values have actually moved on so much even since I wrote the book. But also because I'm now out and proud And that gives me another perspective on things. So it's been interesting to go back with that new mindset. Well, that leads really nicely on to the next question, which is what do you feel like you have learned uh, this year through podcasting? What I've learned is that play is just as important as work and that I've been working too hard. There was a moment where I was sat on a plane flying from London to Dubai. It was delayed. I was worried we were going to miss our connection. I needed to get to Perth in Australia in time to deliver some training. There was very little wriggle room. It would have a terrible domino effect. And I was just so stressed and upset. And then I put your interview with Angie in my ears, which was the first time I heard it. Um, And I was like, oh, this has just centered me. I've calmed. And it was literally a lifeline, Um, which was one of the names we thought of giving this podcast. But it was a literal lifeline to me in that moment. And it's one of the few things other than my partner, Ryan, that has given me joy over the last six to eight months has actually been recording this and spending time listening to it back. And it's just been joyful. And I think my emphases have been wrong in terms of how much time I've spent thinking about work and doing work. And yes, it's important to get money in. and It's important to take responsibility. Um, But at the same time, it's really important to play and have fun and do something that gives you life in a different way. So, yeah, that's a big learning thing. Yeah. And you've been a huge part of that, for which I thank you and salute you and send lots of love. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll both have a swig of alcohol and say <laughs> cheers to that. <laughs> I've also learned it's actually fine to trust the editing to someone else. I don't have to control it. No, it's funny because I have a... People have a perception of me that I'm a control freak. And I think part of it's because I used to be a manager. So like that ends up you having to pick up from the people who don't do as much. And those people who you can't trust to delegate things to. But what a joy just to sit back and like, yeah, AJ's got it. It's fine. And just not to worry about what's gone, what's not made it into the episode. I've not missed anything from what I've said or talked about. (laughs) That was was probably nonsense. Um... As I put in the show notes, it's probably just me being obscure or giggling as, as all this has been taken away. I um, didn't have time to make it for today, but there's a great 
bloopers reel in progress. <laughs> that makes me nervous. What about you, though? What have you learned? Both of our points have actually been about trust, haven't they? So I've never collaborated on a project that's meant so much to me before with anyone else. I would normally, like, not trust that, not not trust anyone else to do that. So it's um, it's been a real good exercise for me and it's been fine <laughs> and I'm really proud of what we've created. And I'm really proud of, again, mushy, mushy, mushy alert, but just... <laughs> There's been challenges and there's been times where um, I've had to take a step back or lean on you and there's been times where you've had to do the same with me, but we've been there for each other and we've we've got that trust in each other and that's been really nice. Absolutely. So is there anything that you've changed your mind about? Now, this is the question that you put in there and I was thinking, oh, now does this mean about Secret Army or does this mean about life? Is it a big matter Yeah, actually, question? I hate you. I've <laughs> yeah. changed my mind about you. <laughs> This is actually a podcast to and I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you tell me, AJ. Through looking at the start of series, the first half of series one together, I think I lacked the understanding of what Secret Army was in the beginning when it first started out. And I've learned that more through you. And I feel like I judged it too harshly before. And I was too frustrated with it for wanting it to be something that it wasn't. And I've come away with a really new appreciation of it now okay and i by that i mean anthology of the week nature of it before it really gets into its more series based work so yeah. um yeah i've really enjoyed that so that's yeah. my that's my main thing yeah I'd, I'd echo that i think it's it's actually more experimental than i realized in its early episodes i've now understood they actually didn't know what the show was for quite a while the production team they, I think they had an idea of what it would be and then they moved away from that gradually over series one. And I think they ended up leaning into other aspects that often surprised them. And I don't think they had the confidence in the regulars, for instance. And I don't think they had the confidence in the reality of the line from the agent's point of view, from the lifeline point of view. And there was much more about the downed airmen and about the people of the of the week, the anthology side of it. But yeah, series one, they they find very slowly what the series should be about, I think. And it's been fascinating to look at that through the microscope. Um, two specific examples I wanted to bring up. One is Curtis. There's very little negative in my book about Curtis, but my God... For instance, yeah, the famous kiss in Radishes with Butter. I the thought, oh, that's... Kiss. I, I that thought... kiss that everyone knows about Secret Army. <laughs> but it is famous to us, anyway. But it's like, <laughs> to me at the time, I thought, well, that's quite a lot. But then when... I don't know, now I'm kind of thinking it's terrible. But it's it's funny how the escalation of how I perceive things has changed. Yeah. And I know that's... It's just... It's a good example of something that, yeah, I, I see differently. And again, I just want to echo previous sentiments that we've made, which is, I love Christopher Neem. Uh, I love his performance in Secret Army. And I actually love Curtis as a character. I'm really fond of Curtis. But I agree, the more closely we watch episodes, the more sexist he's becoming <laughs> in terms of like we're realising things he says and does are really problematic through a modern lens. Another really good one was something you put me onto, which was how... When Monique was described as really being instinctive and sort of emotional 
And it's like, no, that's really sexist. It's like, just because she's a woman, it's being said that she's instinctually valuable to the line. No, she's practical. She's She can be hard-nosed. And it's not just about emotion. It's about intelligence. And just the way the scripting is around, oh, yeah, women think with their hearts and men think with their heads. And it's just like, no. It's just... It, that was just really interesting to me that that was kind of a new understanding about the lens of the time. Yeah. And that's what's been so great about this podcast is we all benefit and learn so much from what everyone else picks up on, whether that's you or you from me or us from the audience who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Something else that I've also appreciated more. So I've always appreciated how hard it is to make a TV show and the amount of effort and hard work that goes into it from everyone, cast, crew, you know, writers, what have you. I feel like producing this podcast has given me a new insight into that. We are just making a small podcast. But even then, there's been times where I'm juggling communication between, say, five or six different people in a week to get an interview lined up, to talk to somebody's agent, to liaise with you for our next recording or what have you, or... Sometimes I plan ahead, don't I, and send you a thing of like, right, we need to do this by this date or what have you. And sometimes that's been really hard and you're just always thinking ahead. And I've just really appreciated how much hard work must have gone into Secret Army, even more than I already did. Yeah, the mountain, the mountain that they climbed. It's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a quote um, about series three from a journalist. Um, just on the tip of my mind who it is. But it's about the making of Secret Army every week at that level, at that high level, particularly the final series. And the reviewer, it was a woman who was saying, um, it's it's nothing short of like the same as doctors performing in an operating theatre to actually achieve that level of excellence and for it to be successful. And I thought it was a really good analogy that this, this journalist came up with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. as we've discussed on episodes um, so far, like growing up, the scale of it as well, you know, they could have just had a, someone come into a room and say, oh, well, that was a lovely funeral for, <laughs> exactly. for my mum. But they don't. They have, you know, horse and car, yeah. the funeral procession down the hill. They have They're ED, filming in another country. ED and a headscarf. <laughs> yeah, nearly tripping over. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. And I'm really happy that uh, we're all celebrating that. So final part of Reflections, what have been your highlights, AJ? <laughs> so because we did have that recording block and then we've been releasing episodes later, we've had time to forget what we said to each other and about the episode. And we make each other laugh a lot. Um, I'm making it mushy again. Man, this is such a mushy episode. But I would just, yeah, forget what we said and then in editing would just be like, you know, <laughs> and then I send clips to you, don't I? Like, oh, can you believe we said this or you said that? Or we sing a lot. So there's a lot of singing to each other that has to be cut out as well. I like that. Has to be cut out. Yeah. I'm so pleased you cut it. The Um, example being, uh, we had a song about uh, what does Ryan think? But it was quite an aggressive theme tune, wasn't it? We got really carried away. We were like, what does Ryan think? What does he think? What does he think? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No one needs that. No, it needs to be turned down. Yeah. I've also enjoyed... um, meeting new people and forging some new friendships that I didn't anticipate uh, from just creating a podcast. 
and just chatting with everyone about what they love about Secret Army and hearing all these different experiences. So again, like really enjoyed talking to say Payam and his experience being a dubbing artist and yeah, his appreciation of the dubbing of Secret Army. And that was a whole new thing for me. And I've, I, again, I've just loved it. It's been incredible. So yeah. And that sense of community, I feel like we've got a gang, haven't we, on social media and yeah. we write in and we, we know people by name and people, some people, you're amazing. You write in after every episode. Some of you are listening, like as soon as it's released on a Saturday and writing in straight away. It's incredible. Yeah, I think that's going to be my number one highlight is just how many people are listening. It's exceeded my expectations. Well, for a show that went out 77 to 79 originally, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I know there's talking pictures recently and and repeats here and there, but it is amazing that it's getting this listenership. And that's just so fantastic. So thank you for listening. A specific highlight has to be when I was leaving Malmö because it was my last two days of, of in-person standing up teaching training for the year. And the next day we're going to Stockholm on the train. And it was such a joy. It was a beautifully cold, crisp blue sky. The, the train um, window was showing this beautiful snow bedecked landscape. And I just had you in, you in my ears, or us in our ears, listening to Growing Up, um, the, the edit which I was going to, you know, just add a few bits here and there. I don't add much. <laughs> it's, it's done for me. Hooray! Um, but just the just that was a, such a lovely moment of just listening to that and hearing that go by. And I think I messaged you from the train. But yeah. You did, yeah. You sent me a picture and it looked so beautiful. <laughs> so that was just a moment in time that was a special highlight. We should take a moment to invite listeners um, to share their highlights with us. If you've had a particular moment episode interview that you've enjoyed write in and let us know or if something's really made you laugh because we don't we we forget totally don't we and i've kind of like there's that weird moment where i talked about bunnies and chest cavities what was that about (laughs) (laughs) we cannot put it off any longer it is time for the Great Secret Army Christmas Quiz! Woo, 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 woo. Now, I say it's the, the Christmas Secret Army Quiz, but actually only one of my questions relates to Christmas. I don't know about yours. <laughs> no, none of mine are Christmassy. Oh, okay. That's okay. But it's taking place at Christmas time. Therefore, it is a Christmas quiz. These are the rules. We have both... Oh, my God. <laughs> This is so intense. We both have prepared five questions each. We have. On topics relating to Secret Army. And the winner basically is the one who gets the most points out of five. There's only one point for each question. And I think if we... We may give half Your face. You have this look of absolute joy on your face, which makes this even more terrifying for me. I'm used to running quizzes. I've done it for years. But, um, yes... I don't know whether I've made mine too hard or too easy, so it's it's hard to know. But oh. um, yes, contestant, are you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me have another swig. Okay, good idea. Question number one for AJ. Out of the following three characters, which is in the most episodes of Secret Army? Oh no! Is it Curtis? Madeline or Reinhardt? 
Oh. Oh. I'm going to dismiss Reinhardt because he can't be in more than 13. And so if Curtis was in nearly all of series one, then that's more than 13, 13 maybe. But would he have been in more than Madeline? Oh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to regret this, but I'm just going to go for Madeline. <laughs> so I'm afraid you are wrong. The ah. answer is Curtis. Oh, I nearly said Curtis as well. <laughs> That's what everyone says whenever they get any question in a quiz wrong, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Oh, I need to tell the other one that was right. So yeah. you were right to dismiss Reinhardt because he's in 12 episodes, actually, which is interesting. So I was thinking, Ooh. why is he not in 13? So there's something there. Which one is he not in in series three? Oh, good question. He is not in episode 12. He's not in Bridgehead. Of course. Because he's not... <laughs> I was going to give a spoiler away. <laughs> I mean, Madeline was so close. Madeline has 13 episodes ah! spread across series two and three. But Curtis has one more. He has 14 episodes. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't completely you out. You weren't. Then. You really weren't. Yeah. But Curtis isn't in episode four, Child's Play, which we know so well. And he isn't. <laughs> he's also not in... Episode 11, which I can't think what that is at all. What's episode 11? QOL. Um, <laughs> is it not? QOL, Question of Loyalty. Yes, is it, it is Question of Loyalty. Of course I knew that. QOL, sweetie. baby, QOL. <laughs> QOL, yeah, exactly. Do you not call it that in your head? That's what I call it in my head, QOL. No, well, I get confused between the episode titles Identity and Doubt and Question of Loyalty because... Because a question of loyalty is also about an identity, whether it's in doubt. So I always get them mixed up in my head. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I think you did very well, but you failed. <laughs> <laughs> so question one for Andy. I would like you to name the sixth episode in every series, please. Oh my God, that's horrible. But I am going to do it. Well, we've Ep just done one, haven't yeah. we, in the podcast? Episode so if they six. can't get that, have they been listening? But exactly. Also, I, I deliberately avoided the first and last because I was like, well, they're kind of ones you'd remember more. So. Okay. So I think series one, it's growing up. Uh huh. Series two, it is Scorpion. Very good. And series three, I think it's Prisoner. Ah, oh, well done. Good, good episode with old Ron Pember there. Oh, oh yeah. that's a relief. Question two. In what episode does a character called Jean-Jacques Hat appear? <laughs> no idea. No idea. So he is... I mean, if I just say any episode, I've got yeah, one go in 42 chances Yeah, go of being for it. Right, have a go, have I? a go, okay. yeah. And you know it wasn't I... one that's in the first however many we've recorded so far. Yeah, I was going to say I'd remember if we've come across it before. Okay, I am going to go for Hymna to Freedom. <laughs> Hymna to Freedom. No, I'm afraid it was from Be the First Kids in Your Block to Rule the World. Oh, is he, he one of the Hitler Youth? He is the lead Hitler Youth kid, yes. Oh, he's good. I think he gives a good performance. He does, he's really creepy. He is creepy, yes. 
Okay. Andy. What? Your second question. Oh, gosh. I'm going to say a song lyric. And I would like you to say the next line of the song. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That wasn't my answer. (laughs) (laughs) And the lyric is, So you ask why I'm looking lonely. And I've deliberately tried to not sing it to help you. (laughs) So you ask why I'm looking lonely. What my head's saying and what I think is right is very different. I've got a really weird phrase in my head that I can't think it can't be that. I've got in my head, cigarette ash upon the floor. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a weird sentence. Cigarette ash upon the floor. Good. Would you care to share more knowledge that you have about that song for the listeners? The song is, I bet you've heard this one before. So... You ask why I'm looking lonely Cigarette ash upon the floor Listen, mister, it's an old, old story I bet you've heard this one before Which I always think of, like, as as Madeline's theme in a way Because doesn't she have the record in her flat? Even though it's like Monique sings it and stuff I just love, like, her going out Maybe she's not been out so much, sitting in a bar, and then someone's just singing how miserable she is to her. <laughs> yeah, it's helpful, isn't it? In that Have moment. a great evening, Madeline. <laughs> okay, AJ, this is question number three. Maybe you'll have more luck with this one. What <sighs> filming location connects Russian Roulette and Bridgehead? I want to say something like Peterborough. Or Neen Valley Railway. But I can't think of... No, I don't know. The studio. (laughs) The studio. No, the answer is the Galerie de la Reine, which I wasn't expecting you to get the name of, of, but it's it's where Claude Peloton... Peloton or Petalan is shot in Russian roulette and Monique gads about down there with Durnford in Bridgehead. And if I'm in Brussels, I always have to I have to have promenade down the Galerie de Lorraine. It's important uh, to me. Yeah. I've never been to Brussels, but I really want to go. We shall. For that very reason. I want yes. to gad about <laughs> in that very location. Gad about in the gallery, yes. There'll be there, there'll be a, a man doing the organ grinder, and there'll be a monkey there. They hope there won't be, because that shouldn't be allowed anymore, AJ. I can't believe you're supporting that sort of activity. <laughs> this question I have increased the difficulty of mm. for you. Gosh. A grand total of nine men have directed Secret Army, Andy. I would like you to name them all. Oh, Jesus! In order of who directed the most to who directed the least. Now, the disclaimer is that two have the same number of episodes, and I don't mind which way you quote those. (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you, I probably can't name them all, let alone know the order. I do think I've got a good chance with the first two being in order. So I think Victor, okay. I think Victor's Rattel has directed the most. You're right. And How many episodes? Th- <laughs> 11 episodes. 11, I was going to say 11. <laughs> As they always say in quizzes. I think Michael E. Bryant is second. Joint second. Oh, joint second. Oh, now that makes it confusing. Joint second with... 
You see here, I've got no idea from here on in. It could be, and I'll struggle to get all nine. So I think I'm just going to try and name the remaining. Try and name all nine then. Let's, yeah. let's go with that. Okay, so we've got Kenneth Ives. Yes. We've got Tristan Devere Cole. Yes. Paul Annette. Yes. He's a contender for being joint with Michael E. Bryant. You're correct. I so am. You can name the first uh, three. Yeah. Okay. That's four left. Four left. Oh, you've got Andrew Morgan, who yes. only directs Bridgehead. Yes. So he's probably last. Well done. Yeah. Um, you've got the weird one who was... He designed the War Games, which is really weird. And then he went on to be directing. And Clifford Rose always told me he's not a safe pair of hands, that one. <laughs> and he was called something chiefly. Roger? Yes. Yes. So he's kind of low down the list, Roger Cheevely. I think he only did two or three. Well done. Roger Jenkins? Yes, well done. I actually um, didn't realise that he's also joint second last with uh-huh. two episodes. Okay. So was Roger Cheevely two episodes as well? Yes. Okay, and then f- who did four episodes of Secret Army? There's some person who did four episodes of Secret Army that I don't remember. Well, I'm not going anywhere until you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Terence Dudley. Correct. Well done. Did, did I get them all? Yes. That seems like a, such a short list of people. Well, you know, 1970s men, isn't it? Yeah, it is. 1970s men. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them have the same name. <laughs> for question four, I've just gone for true or false. So mm. I'll still get it wrong. True or false. Jerry Glaster once evaded capture during the war by dressing as a woman, as per the episode Little Old Lady. I think that's false. Are you sure? I think I would have heard about it if it was true. <laughs> he did incredible stuff in the war. Like, he um, used to drop people off in France, didn't he? In a Lysander. Lots of things. And he also got a, a DFC for flying. He did. Distinguished Flying Cross. No, you're correct. He never dressed as a woman to evade capture. But it's one of those things that's grown a life of its own because in the book TV Heaven, it says that he did. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Which um, I never took um, Paul Condon to task for that, but it was in his his or someone else's review of it. I don't want to put it on Paul. I don't know. But um, someone definitely wrote a review saying, oh, and of course, Jerry Glaster evaded capture by dressing as a woman. I'm like, no, he flipping didn't. It's a nice idea, but no. Correct. Well done. Question four for Andy. How many millions of viewers tuned in for the most watched episode of Secret Army, Ring of Roses? That's the series three episode where um, they get the plague. (laughs) Yes, in what seems like an unlikely circumstance, but actually was based in historical fact. It was actually true, yeah. They, yeah. That did happen in France in the war. Yeah, and I started watching Secret Army um, just as Omicron was coming into a... a you know, like getting oh, yeah. more more and more um, common in the UK. And yeah. it wasn't looking sure as we'd go into another lockdown, you know, that Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's okay. I'm going to watch this drama about the war. No, there's a plague episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't escape it. <laughs> My answer, yes, for good or ill, is 24 million. And why do you think it's that high, Andy? Because of the ITV strike. 
The answer, shall I just tell it to you or shall I make you guess a bit more? My second answer is 21 million. I feel like it's either 21 or 24. Very good. 21.3. Oh, it's 21. No, I went too high. So my final question for you. Whose lists of demands included jelly and custard? Um, I'm going to go with uh, the orphan children and guests at God's table. But you probably want a more specific one. <laughs> it's either Marie Claire. Wow. Win. 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 Whoa. Oh, but what's yeah. the little ragamuffin's name? I can't remember his name. I can't that remember the name of enough. the other two. If you just said whim and friends, you'd have got it. So, okay. yeah, congratulations. Marie Claire. Yeah, I didn't know Marie Claire. I think the little kids may be called Bobo. Oh, of course, yes. But there's another one, isn't there's, an- there? there's another, another little girl, girl isn't there? Yeah. Hmm. No idea what they're called. Anyway, two out of five for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Question number five for Andy. When... Was the liberation of Brussels? They've gone in hard with a historical. And I would, I would quite like date, month, and year. And for listeners, the reason this gets confusing is because there's a massive, not very clear time jump in the third series. It's like seven months, isn't it? But we are thinking pre-time jump, which will help you get the year, if nothing else. Well, I know it's 1944. No question about that. And it's between two months. It's August, September. So I just don't know whether it's the end of August or the start of September. That's my good, big question. <laughs> I'm just so supportive. So I'm never harsh when I'm doing a quiz. I'm like, oh, you've really got it. I'll give you the, I'll just give you the point. It is the 3rd of September, 1944. Oh, the 3rd of September. Yeah, I knew it was, if it was in September, You were going to say that, weren't right you? At the start. I was. <laughs> no, I think I would have probably said the 6th if I'd said that. But I also thought 31st of August sounded like an important date as well. Maybe that's when they first entered Belgium, or, or similar. But Brussels, know. 3rd of September. Well done. I hope you've been keeping count of how many you got right, because I wasn't. Yeah, if anyone got 10 out of 10, you're amazing. Yeah, well done. We've got the pilot you want. These are his name things. Now, if you want him, you have to give us what I say, which is... A girl's dress size eight, boy's trousers size nine, wool jersey thick, a doll with dresses, some meat and sausage, two pairs of shoes size six and nine, custard, jelly and cake, two blankets and 500 francs. Well, I'm down. It sounds like some kids. R.S. Holbrook. One four seven three two one. Oh, D. Now this is the group captain, all right. Well, then we'd better make a deal. It's not exactly exorbitant, is it? No, that's not the point. Now this could be a very elaborate trick. Uh, Christmas games with the Gestapo. Oh no, I don't think it is. It doesn't sound like the Germans to me. Oh, I think it's sad if it is children, Albert. If it is children, I'll turn their backsides for them. Don't they know the man's injured? So, Andy, I would really like to know all about Christmas traditions. In Belgium, please. Thank you, please. Yes, I did threaten this, didn't I? So I thought it'd be nice to to share some 
festive Belgian cheer with you. So, in Belgium, children believe in, or are encouraged to believe, I've got no stats on whether they believe or not, in... All children believe. Good. In St. Nicholas, or St. Nicholas, or Sinterklaas, depending on what they speak. And he visits on December the 6th. Oh, another name for him, Père Noël, if they're French. So they've got lots of options there, which is nice for them. And good old St. Nicholas brings gifts of candy and toys, but only for the good children. Rather creepily, he's got a book that it's all recorded in. He's got a big tome, so everyone's named in a book. So your name's in the book. If your name's not in the book, or if it's in the the book with a bad thing against it, then you're not getting any candy or toys. Until fairly recently, he was accompanied by a helper called Black Pete, or Svart Piet. Um, This has changed in recent years, thankfully, to Sooty Pete. But um, we're not going to get into the murky depths of, of Black Pete in this podcast. But we will cover that when we come back and talk about guests at God's Table. Yeah, we're going to save it for when we've kind of got more time to discuss it properly. And... Exactly. Yeah. But then children get presents again. Again? Yes. What? Families and friends exchange gifts on Christmas Eve. So Belgian children get double presents. But I get the feeling that maybe on December the 6th now, it's just you get a few small tokens, you know, maybe like a curly whirly. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent is in Belgium. Okay, now I'm feeling more sceptical of your claimed facts. (laughs) I can't think why. What about food, Andy? Tell me more about food. So on Christmas Eve, oh, this makes me feel quite Christmassy, they have Custavonde, or Le Revelon de Noël, which is the special Belgian Christmas meal, prepared at home for the family, just like our Christmas day. But it's on Christmas Eve, I hear. Now, again, I'm doubting this. I'm thinking, I bet they have one on Christmas Day as well, but maybe not. It does feel like there's more of a focus on Christmas Eve. But it's important for you to note, should you choose to hold a lavish Belgian Christmas, AJ, that you have a drink and aperitif and nibbles beforehand, then the starter course, usually seafood. So I don't know how you feel about that. And then the main course is usually turkey, so not that different to British tradition. Afterwards, you might partake in a kirstronk, <laughs> or if you're in, or if you're French speaking, la bouche de Noël, which is basically your old bog standard Yule log. It's a glazed chocolate cake resembling a log of wood. Can I chip in? So I um, dated a wonderful French person for a while, and uh, we spent Christmas together. And I went um, to her family house, and. We had an evening meal on Christmas Eve, and that was like the did. the bigger meal than the one on Christmas Day, uh-huh. and it was all seafood. Oh. But with them eating later, as the French tend to do, the meal started at nine, <laughs> and by the time we got to quarter to midnight, I was just looking around at my girlfriend going, I have to go to bed now, oh, I'm so tired, please, I don't want to eat any more seafood. <laughs> no more seafood. Oh, what a picture you've painted for us. And then, um, just to really uh, top it off, bless her, got food poisoning from the oysters and spent the rest of Christmas throwing up. I did the patting on the back from a distance. The other funny thing was um, on the Christmas tree, so we were doing the presents in the morning, there was a gift and it said chats 
And I was like, huh, that's a really strange thing to write on a present. And obviously I was reading it with the English in mind rather than yeah. the language of the country I was in. So I was like, huh, chats. And then I realised it was a gift for the cats. Uh, of course. <laughs> AJ, slow to translate gift tags. But I got there in the end. My final Belgian fact for you is... You just like, shut up about your French Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Boring. <laughs> the final fact I have for you, it comes back to Secret Army. Well, at least series two and three. And that is that there is a Christmas market in the Grand Place. Yes. And a nightly light show. Lots of LED projectors all over the Grand Place every night. But um, it has been described variously as charming and insane. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know which of those adjectives to go with on that. You need to tell well, me more about that. How have you reached this conclusion? I just Googled. <laughs> who, who was saying it was insane? I think someone said that it was an insane nightly light show. And I was like... An insane nightly insane light me? show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's quite a good phrase. So, but I'm picturing it now. Lights zooming all over the, the, um, the Condide and the other buildings. Are you trying to tell me that the Grand Place is actually just a Christmas rave area? I think so, but fueled by images of Monique, Natalie, Albert zip, zipping all over the buildings. Yeah. Please cut this so that we are slightly more sensible. No, I'm. Oh, that's the thing that listeners don't know is that I'm in charge of editing this episode. No! So, they are all my Belgian facts. Well, not all of my Belgian facts, all of my Christmas Belgian facts. I'm still slightly sceptical that they are facts, but I have been entertained well. nevertheless. Good. Then I have done my job. One of the things that's been an undoubted highlight of doing the pod has been receiving feedback from you, the listeners. And I think we're going to share a bit of that now. I have a tweet here from AKA Wright Outlow1 on Twitter. He says, enjoyed the interview with Angela Richards. Proud to hear Lester's role in that story. Oh, nice. And we had an email from Stephen um, in the past couple of days. He says, um, just want to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast. Absolutely superb. Thank you very Thank much, you. Stephen. Yeah. Those are the ones that have come in since um, Angie's interview was released. But I just wanted to share them. We love hearing your feedback and keep it coming. We also enjoy hearing what you do and where you are when you listen to the podcast. Joe Gold on Twitter says, I'm cleaning up listening to episode one. Love it. Pleased I have a few to catch up on. Oh, that's good. If anyone else wants to write in to say what they're doing while they're listening to the pod, that would be fun. It's really nice to picture that. Yes. Nigel Barrett, a few weeks ago, said, road trip today, Oxford, York to Oxford, taking daughter back to university. On the solo long drive back, new episode from Secret Army will be my companion for part of the journey. Really enjoying it so far. Keep it up, guys. That is bonkers, isn't it? Because if you actually overheard your voice in a car, wouldn't you just go mental if you actually just heard it? You'd be like, oh my God, that person's actually listening. Yeah, if, if Nigel's dropping their um, daughter back after the Christmas holidays and then just gets mentioned, like swerving on the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should we give a shout out to Alex as well? Because we love Alex. Yes. So we had a message from him very recently. We did. In which he mentioned Flash's leather underwear and the Prisoner of Zender. I don't remember mentioning Prisoner of Zender on the pod. 
But it was good to find that another fan of Secret Army enjoys the same things as I do. I have no idea what that was referring to, so I either missed it or I've drunk too much Prosecco. That's probably that. But yes, thank you again, everyone, for writing in. We love to hear from you. Before we go, I just want to ask you, AJ, do you have a favourite Christmas song? Oh. When I lived in Japan, I Hmm. taught my adult conversation class. Is it by Shaken Stevens? Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. And really enjoyed getting a bunch of Japanese adults together to sing Snow is falling all around. <laughs> and then um, the, the claim from me was that it was, you know, of great importance to the culture in my country. <laughs> Which isn't a lie. So, no, I don't think you're overselling that. I think it is of cultural importance. And so we did it slowed down a few times to practice the words and go through the meaning of the English. Oh, really? Translate some yeah. words into Japanese. And then we sang it again at the end at full speed. They all did great. They all did great. So I think that one, because it's always got that special memory in my heart. How about you, oh, Andy? Oh, that's lovely. I think it's just because it's my son's favourite Christmas song and it always makes him beam. That is Stop the Cavalry by Jonah Louie. Yes. And yeah, it's a goodie, isn't it? And to give it a contemporary sort of spin, though, he used to he used to light up and his little face would all be beaming and he'd be all excited. He'd be like that one. Um, but I took him to the hairdressers the other week for a skin fade, which shows how he's older now. And this came on in the barbershop. And of course, he didn't flinch at all because he was because he's a man now. <laughs> and he was having his skin fade done. So he didn't note or make, make he didn't make any comment about the fact that it was his favorite christmas song oh, did you have that moment as a parent where you're like you've grown up so fast totally yeah where's my little boy gone i know exactly so that's probably my favorite because it's his favorite but i also have a special place in my heart for greg lake i believe in father christmas mm. so that's quite a sweet one yeah i'm disappointed you didn't uh, mention the song from the secret army episode there as your favorite christmas wow song. It's interesting you should say that. I think if more of it existed, I would love it and I would play it. But it's a song that I talked to Angela about. It's called Snow Time. And it starts by saying Christmas is for children and that means you and me. And that's all That's all that survives. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that survives. And I was like, okay, Angela, can you tell me more about Snow Time? She's like, what now? I'm like, Snow Time, it's a song that was in Secret Army. You only sang the first line in the thing, but I'm sure there was more of it that was recorded. No idea whatsoever. It's a lost song from the Candide. Isn't that uh, sad? Oh, that would make a great album title. Lost songs from the Candide. <gasps> it would. Yeah, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play that line in now because it's very Christmassy. It's warm enough in here for you, gentlemen. I will return shortly. Frost. Uh, I'd be well advised to make the most of whatever we can find outside of the mess. Rather looks as if Christmas this year will be somewhat leaner. Temporary shortages, Brandt. 
We have huge reserves of men in the coastal areas. It naturally diverts supplies from us here, especially to time like Christmas. So nothing of the supplies that are diverted to restaurants like this. Schnapps will be cheaper than mess. You think the price we pay is too much? For our own supplies. You lack vision, Brandt. Places like this couldn't exist without the black market. And black market activity would be less if German soldiers did not put it in their own pockets. Don't tell me you condone it. Condone it? No. Acknowledge it, yes. Andy here, guest editor of the Secret Army Christmas podcast. It's obviously been a while since I've watched Guests at God's Table because you can hear from that clip that Angela sings rather a lot of snow time, far more than I imagined, um, which makes it even more confusing that it's not remembered because there were lots of lyrics there. If anyone has the time to decipher what the lyrics were underneath Kessler and Brandt's conversation, that would be fantastic. Maybe we can restore snow time as a secret army classic. Back to AJ and Andy. I think we've reached the end of our special Christmas edition of Down the Line. If you've made it this far, well done for putting up with us. We hope you have a lovely holiday, lovely festive season. Yes, and you have to come back in the new year. It'd be silly not to because there's so much more good stuff that's going to come your way. Saturday the 6th of January. Yes, so our new release dates is the first Saturday every month. We'll be starting on the 6th of January with a review of episode 7 of series 1, Lost Sheep. And that episode will be accompanied by a special interview with no less than Christopher Gard, who played Flight Lieutenant Peter Romsey, the lost sheep of the title. So until we next go down the line, I have been Andy. And I have been AJ. Bye. Goodbye. And Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Nicholas, please come home to us. We've been good, bring gifts to us. Happy, joyful, we'll be then. Now Saint Nick has come again. Now Saint Nick has come again.